0: 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, starting at verse 6. But Timothy has just now come to us from you and has brought good news about your faith and love. He has told us that you always have pleasant memories of us and that you long to see us, just as we also long to see you. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in all our distress and persecution, We were encouraged about you because of your faith. For now we really live, since you are standing firm in the Lord. How can we thank God enough for you in return for all the joy we have in the presence of our God because of you? Night and day we pray most earnestly that we may see you again and supply what is lacking in your faith.
1: And so, our Heavenly Father, we want to praise you this morning. We want to thank you so much that you love us in Christ. And you demonstrated that love to us on the cross. And so, Lord, as we see your cross, see the cross of Jesus Christ, we see the depth of your love for us. And so, Lord, we want to pray that, Lord, may we also love your people, your children. Give us the to be able to love the way you have loved us. Glorify among us. This in Jesus' name. So, I want to begin this sermon with some questions. <clears throat> we all have dreams, don't we? The personal dreams that we have for our lives, the personal dreams that we have for our children, our grandchildren. Oh, the dreams that we have for our businesses we all have dreams that we are paying sacrifices day after day to make sure that we realize them and I'm sure that if you have a dream and you're pursuing it you are ready and willing to pay whatever cost that comes so you make the highest risk you spend hours and hours working so that you get enough money to give good education to your children you spend hours and hours so that you get enough money to achieve whatever dream that that you're hoping for in fact we all do have dreams and those dreams shape the choices and the sacrifices that we make and so whenever our dreams are frustrated we get worried we get anxious we sometimes we even get depressed Because something that we are hoping is being frustrated. And so, if we ask Paul the same question, that Paul, what was your dream when you went to Thessalonica? What was your hope? You remember in Acts 16 and 17, Paul had been in Philippi and he had preached the gospel. And it came with beatings. He was. He was beaten and arrested in chains. But then the following day, when he was set free, he went ahead to Thessalonica to preach the gospel. Why did Paul make that risk? And remember, when he, when he got there, he also saw affliction. The people didn't receive his message. Jason and his household who received Paul were attacked by mob, mobs, and so Paul, his life was in danger, and so he had to sneak away from the from the city at night. And yet, Paul is writing again to them, and he's saying that, "I am longing to come there. I want to come and see you." He's not caring about the cost. He's not caring about whatever price that may come. He's not looking at any threats. That, that may come to him. He's still longing and yearning to go and see these Thessalonians. And you ask yourself, Paul, what, 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 what dream? What is, what, what is that dream? What is it that you are hoping for to get from these people that you're paying all these risks and sacrifices? And it's, it will surprise you in chapter 2, verse 19, when Paul says that, For what, what is my joy? What is my, my glory? These people are my crown of boasting before Lord Je- the Lord Jesus Christ that is coming. And so for Paul, the people of Thessalonica are the crown of the glory or the crown of boasting that he would have at the presence of Jesus Christ when he comes. And so he's willing to pay every sacrifice to make sure that they get there. He wants them to appear before the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ on his return. And so he was willing to make every risk and sacrifices. That was his dream. That was his hope. And so when Paul was frustrated, he says that I tried again and again, but Satan hindered me. He was frustrated. And so he was so worried that was the cause of his worry he was so worried that the way hasn't been open for him to come and see these people and so this morning I want us to look at our passage under three main headings three main headings Paul's fear Paul's joy and Paul's prayer Paul's fear Paul's joy and Paul's prayer last week the passage that our pastor touched on was focused on his fear so what was Paul's fear his fear was that these people who are going through affliction may have given up you remember they were idol worshippers and they turned from idols to serve the living God and now here comes persecution So the safest way to escape the persecution is to abandon the faith and just go and enjoy a comfortable life. So the fear of giving up in this affliction time was a concern for Paul. He was anxious of that, he was scared of that. But not only that, Paul was also aware that Satan is at work and he takes opportunities of that. Suffering times are golden opportunities for Satan to tempt believers to give up on their faith. And so Paul knew that Satan may have tempted them to give up. And so he was afraid. And, 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 that, and that was the reason for his longing to go and see them. And so if you read chapter 3 verse 1, he says that when we could bear it no longer, and verse 5 he repeated, when we could bear it no longer, It was an intense feeling. And so when they could not bear it any longer, they sent Timothy. What was the purpose? To establish and exhort them in the faith and to learn about their faith. Are they still standing? Are they still holding on to the message that Paul preached to them? You see, everything that Paul is doing here is directed towards this particular goal. To get the Thessalonians to heaven. To make sure that they appear before the presence of God. And so when the afflictions came and the enemy was at work in them, he was worried that this is going to hinder that ultimate goal. And so he sent Timothy. And so the passage that we are looking here is kind of like a contrast. But now that Timothy has come and has brought us the good news, that was Paul's joy. That was his joy. The joy that these people are still standing firm in the Lord. The joy that these people are still holding on to the faith. They are loving themselves. That was Paul's ultimate joy. You see, when your dreams are frustrated and you are worried about something, and then that worry is taken away because something has, you've, you've, you've had the good news about, about whatever. You see the joy that comes. The comfort that comes. And so when Paul heard the good news that they are still standing firm in the faith, he was so comforted. And so now he says that, now we live because you are standing firm in the Lord. Now we live. And now he could say that, what thanksgiving can can we return to God for all these things that he's doing in you? That was the reason for Paul's thanksgiving. He was thanking God that God has kept these people still firm in the faith. So the, their standing firm in the faith was the reason for the joy that Paul is having. Isn't not an incredible news when you've invested a lot in people, you've invested a lot of your energies in people, and then sufferings come, and you are worried. And then you see them and you see that they are not even worried about the suffering that they are going through. But they are so excited about the Lord. And they are still holding on to the Lord. You see that kind of good, you know, refreshing that, 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 that brings to you. Because you know that your labor has not been in vain. That was what Paul was saying. He has lived a lot. He has, libred, he has invested a lot of his time in them. And he doesn't want that to be vain. And so he's so excited. I remember when I went to Kumasi last January. And when I got there, I didn't go to the church that I usually go. I went to a different church. And that was the church that, um, for some of you who were here to hear about my testimony, the church that the guy who um, invested his life in me attended. So it was a long time we met. So when I got there, I wasn't even expecting to meet him. And then surprisingly, I saw him. I went to him, he came to me. I was excited to meet him, he was also excited to meet me. He didn't know anything about what I was doing after school. So he asked me, Augustine, what are you up to? Like, what are you doing? And I said, I went to South Africa to study and currently I'm on campus, I'm doing student ministry. And he was like, Wow, I, I, I never thought that um this is the path that you've chosen. And then he laid his hands on me and prayed. He prayed so fervently for me that God, whatever or wherever God wants to take me to in life, God should kindly take me there. So that Whatever or wherever he wants me to save, I, I can save him. That was the the, the, the fervency of the prayer. And as I was reading this, it, the memory just came back. But this guy perhaps was thinking that this is the guy that I've invested so much of my time in, and this is where I see him. What a joy! I understood joy in his heart. That. If you invest so much of your energy, your time, on someone or on something, and you see it, the joy that it brings. That was the joy that he had when he saw me. And so that, was the, that, that is the kind of joy that Paul is seeing that these people that he has labored so much, that he has taken a lot of risk to bring the gospel to them, they are still standing firm in the Lord. And that was the joy. So Paul's joy... What about this. Now what about Paul's prayer? What was the prayer? Now Paul's prayer was that God would direct his path to them. He knows that the enemy is at work. Satan is trying all he can to prevent him from going to see these people. And he has tried again and again. It, it is not working. And so now he prays again that may the Lord God himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. He wants to go there again. And so He's pray- he knows that it is only God who can make this way possible. And now he says that he's also praying that may the Lord establish you and strengthen your heart to increase in love. Abound in love. What is the, what is the point? Uh, I mean the purpose. So that you will stand before the Lord Jesus Christ in holiness of heart at his appearing. You see, on the one hand, if Paul, if his ultimate goal is to see these people in heaven, that will be his crown of boasting. If that is the ultimate goal, then the state that Paul wants them to appear before God, before Christ, is the holiness that their hearts is holy before God. And he says that this is made this is possible when the Lord makes you increase and grow in love. Love is the key. Love is the key. As Paul says, love covered multitudes of sin. The more we grow and you you, you are bound in love, it's sinless. You it don't become sinless but you're sinless because your love your your heart is getting purer and purer as you begin to love and that is ultimate goal for them that I want you to appear before the Lord Jesus Christ and this is the state that I want you to appear before him in holiness of heart because you love yourselves that was the prayer that was the prayer because he's got a big vision, the bigger vision the bigger dream, the bigger ambition to see them in heaven And this is how he wants them to appear before Christ and that is Paul's glory that is that would be his boasting his crown of boasting before God friends if we could stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and boast that I raised my children in this way I raised my grandchildren in this way to hold on to the faith what a joy what a glory for Paul that is his glory That is his hope. That is his joy. He's not looking for any other joy. He's not looking for any other glory here on earth. No. His glory is that these people will be with Christ. And these people will stand before Christ in wholeness of heart. That is what he's looking for. And as I was reading this and and, and trying to apply it to myself, I was asking myself all these questions. What glory am I looking for? What joy am I seeking for? What hope am I seeking for? And Paul is teaching me that if I have this eternal perspective in mind, that I'm looking for the glory of having invested my life, my resources, everything in people and the Lord in his grace has sustained them and brought them to be his presence. That is an ultimate glory. That is an ultimate joy that I can ever have. When I was making a decision to go into ministry, in my family, my dad, I'm the only son he invested all his energy everything money whatever he didn't, he, he didn't have much whatever the, the little he had he invested on me to be able to go to university and when I finished the expectation was that find a good job get money and take care of your nephews and your niece take care of us when you go on retirement that was the expectation and yet I came and told him that I feel in my heart that God is calling me into ministry to go and serve him and he knows that Augustine this path will not help you to get to that expectation you wouldn't be able to pay for the tuition fees of your niece and your nephews and all that he knew it and I told him that this is where I feel God is calling me to save and every time people keep discouraging me Ever since I made that decision, I've always been sharing a pathway to people, I have never had my place to stay, that has been my life, and people keep you discouraging me, you could find a better job, why don't you quit this, why are you putting all these things on yourself, why are you bringing all this suffering on yourself? myself, I keep encouraging myself that there is nothing more glorious, there is nothing more joyful, there is nothing more hopeful than to see people that you have invested your life in standing before Christ on that day. That is the glory. I want to encourage you that if there is any sacrifice that you're making in your family, if there is any risk that you're taking, let's align with this purpose. That in the future, when you stand before God, you see your grandchildren there. And that would inform the way you pray. That is that is th- this, something that has, that has gripped Paul's heart, and that informed the way he was praying for them. But I'm praying for your Purity. That God will increase your love and that you grow in your love. And today I want to encourage us to pray this same prayer. That let's pray to God that we love, we love, we love, we love. And that as we love, God will purify us and He will bring us to be with Him in holiness. May we go home and make this prayer a heart burden. May the Lord bless us. Amen. Amen. So I pray. Father, we thank you so much for your grace. We give you glory. We give you praises. We pray that, Lord God, you stamp these truths in our hearts and give us a burden, Lord, to be people who are praying for one another, to love and to good works. That your name would be glorified among us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.